My mother was an avid reader. Until my father passed away when I was 10 years old, we lived in an old farmhouse out in the middle of acres and acres of cornfields in the northern part of Illinois. My father worked for what was then known as the California Packing Corporation, CalPAC, which produced products for, or maybe it was just another name for, the Del Monte Kenned Foods brand. My father would always be off to work, way before us kids would be out of bed. Perhaps one of the clearest memories I have of those ten years is waking to the smell of fried bacon, knowing that my mother was preparing breakfast. I wouldn't have to get up for a couple more hours, but I felt hugged by that sensation of a warm blanket and that rich smell of my father's breakfast. My father probably carried a packed lunch, though I do remember a couple of times he was home for lunch on the weekends. Being at school in the winter, I don't know if he came home for lunch in that season. In the summer, there was so much activity on the industrial farms that he rarely had lunch at home in the warmer months. In the evening, we would have dinner together, I think. Trying to remember, though I remember having breakfast in the kitchen sitting in a recovered restaurant booth my father had picked up at the junkyard, I don't remember where we had our dinner. We didn't have a formal dining area or tables and chairs, so I can only suppose that we had dinner in the kitchen. Truth is, though, I can't bring up an image. My mother spent her days as any farm wife would. She made all three meals, got her kids out of bed, trundled them off to school in the winter, and kicked them outside to play during the summer, and did mysterious farm wife things inside the house. A lot of those things had to do with cooking or canning food. Some had to do with different sewing projects she enjoyed. I believe, though, that she spent hours upon hours reading. There were lots of clues. My mother was not a very good housekeeper. Though my father expected the house to be clean, actual house cleaning occurred about once every two weeks. We kids had to help. One of my chores was to dust all of the furniture. I remember Lemon Pledge from those days. We kids were also responsible for keeping our own rooms picked up, something we rarely did until my mother peeked past the door and found she couldn't even get past the frame for all the toys and kid junk scattered on the floor. She also gradually gained weight. Despite seeming to be an active farm wife with her chores and her vegetable garden, she put on pounds year after year. Now, the only way a person gets fat is to eat more than they burn off. Our diet was pretty normal, meat, potatoes, vegetables. But my mother was an addict to Royal Crown Cola, buying herself 24 returnable bottles at a shot in those old-fashioned wooden crates. She was the only person who drank that cola. We kids drank milk or Kool-Aid. We also did not have a television for many years. I might have been seven or eight years old before the first black-and-white monster occupied its place in our living room. My mother did have a portable record player and dozens of records, so she could listen to music whenever she wanted to. But you can listen to music while you are moving around doing things, and I suspect that my mother was not moving around that much. So what can you do with a tall glass of iced Royal Crown Cola on the side table? No television to dominate your attention. Well, from the hundreds of paperback books she kept in a glass door china cabinet, I suppose she read. Yes, she read all of the time, anything she could get her hands on. She probably bought one book a month, picked up off the revolving rack at the supermarket when she drove into town to buy those products we couldn't produce ourselves. There was another rack, though, right beside the paperback rack, and this one was the comic book rack. 
For a couple of years, my mother picked up a comic or two from that rack along with the paperback book. She didn't buy them for us kids. She bought them for herself. She did let us read them, but only after she had finished with them. She liked Superman and Spider-Man. She bought some Batman comics, but I don't think she liked those as much. He wasn't a real superhero. He was just a remarkable man in a cape. No real superpowers. The Fantastic Four would show up from time to time, but she really liked the consistency of Superman and Spider-Man. They were always in character. Their superpowers always came in handy in fighting crime. The bad guys were recognizable and predictable. When my father passed away, my mother stopped buying comic books. She continued to buy paperback books and read, again, all of the time. We moved into town. The farmhouse belonged to Calpac, and we couldn't stay there. There were no more farm-wife chores to be done. She sat and looked at the TV, but she also always had a book on the side table, or more often in her hands. She read while she watched her favorite programs. Now, way back in those days when I was still smelling fried bacon from the early morning kitchen, my mother took me on a special excursion. We had probably driven into town for that monthly grocery buy, but this time we parked in front of a formal-looking building. She took me inside, and we stood at a dark, heavy desk where a woman asked me my name and typed it onto a little piece of cardboard. She smiled as she handed me my first library card. I got to take out three books from the children's library. I don't remember what they were, though I do remember a little sticker on the first page of each book with a drawing of two hands and a reminder to kids to wash their hands before reading the book. I remember the smell of so many books all in the same place. At home, I knew what to do with those books. From an early age, my mother had taught me first how to open a book, then how to turn the pages carefully so as not to damage the paper. I then learned, again from my mother, how to make out what those graphics were saying below the illustrations that backed up the text. I probably received my first book, Mowgli's Tiger, when I was four or five years old. Years later, now at university, I went to visit my mother for dinner. As I walked in the front door, there she was, the television playing, a paperback book in her hands, open near the end. She didn't look up, just lifted her palm in a gesture of, hang on a moment. She turned the last page, and then closed the book and reached it toward me. I know you like to read the last paragraph of a book before you begin, she said, but don't do that with this book. I took the book from her hands and looked at the back cover. Also, don't start reading it tonight. If you start it now, you won't get any sleep. Once you begin it, you won't be able to put it down until you've gotten to that last paragraph. She was right. I didn't listen to her advice. I did begin reading the book that night in bed. I didn't put it down until I had finished it, and I was so glad she had warned me not to read that last paragraph first, as was my habit. I had experienced the spark of a writing career that has become one of the most prolific and representative of American culture of our times. That book was Carrie by Stephen King. I won't say my mother was a superhero. She didn't have any superpowers. She did not actively fight evil or defend the right and just. Well, she did defend the right and just, but only at home with her family, not in some crime-ridden metropolis. I wouldn't even say my mother was my hero. She was overweight and just a little lazy, and two of her worst habits, smoking and being messy in the home, became two of my worst habits, neither making my life easier. She was a good person, though, and was able to induct me into a habit of reading that later became a habit of writing. 
Her ability to read almost anything in print became my habit of being able to read almost anything in print. Reading was not only an opening of different worlds. It was the active use of the sheet music of the symphony of words that I would later learn to compose and to play. No Superman or Spider-Man or Batman would be able to provide me with that. You're listening to Radio Rebels.